The Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word as we continue to look at 12 indisputable truths. Now guys, the last few days we have been doing these and what we've done is uh, our, our friends at Tyndall House Publishing, Dayspring, Dayspring Publishing, they have given us some hope and encouragement Bibles. And so part of the study from that, and it goes throughout the script, their, their Bible now, again, it's a Bible. Genesis through Revelation. It's New Trans- Living Translation, which is one that we've all enjoyed and we've used on the program before. Uh, and so in throughout these, we have 12 indisputable truths that they follow through the Old Testament and New Testament. So far, we've talked about you are loved, you are not alone, you are known, you are important, you are forgiven, and today we're going to talk about you are special. By the way, I don't know if I said it, but I am in studio with Brother Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. Good afternoon, guys. Hello, hello. Good afternoon, Jim. It is. I, I'm i excited. I I never have been called a special, you know, so this yeah. is, this may be a learning experience for me. I, I knew I was a promise, and I knew I was a project, but to know that I'm a, a, a special, that's, that's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be exciting for quite a few people today to know they're special. That's right. Because I think everybody needs to be special every once in a while, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, Alex, a couple of times you have told us what an indisputable truth is. Go ahead and set the stage for us. Well, it's undeniable reality. It's, uh, you know, there was a, a man years ago um, named Descartes, and he said that uh, an indisputable truth was that I exist because I, even if the you know the philosophers question well can anything be known and how do we know anything if if I say I exist I must be here to even say that so it's undeniable at least we do know this that we we exist now my point in kind of digressing philosophically is that we can know truth mm. see nowadays truth is a a funny thing people beat around the bush people try to rationalize deviant behaviors, but no, truth exists, truth can be known, and we really are personally accountable to how we respond to truth. Amen. Well, today in talking about you are special, I've got an anchor verse for us. And now, Bert teased me the other day that I had not read anything from the Amplified Version. Uh, I thought he had, you know, we, we used to hear this, you know, that right? he had backtracked, you know. That's right. That's so, right. So, so I'm glad he's come up. Uh, for, for listeners that may be new, i got to bring everybody up to speed. Now, this is Bert, repeated phrase, Harper. And to my right is Jim, Amplified Bible, That's right. Stanley. <laughs> And then the master of ceremonies is Dr. Alex Concordance McFarland. <laughs> Where's that so. scripture found? It's there. You know, he knows. I know the scripture. He knows where you can find it. That's that right. is pretty good. You My know? mother loved the Amplified Bible, and it's oh, very endearing. Oh, boy, yeah. And it, what it does, it'll take words and unpack them. It's very instructive. And so the fact that you like the Amplified Bible, that's points in All my right. heart. Well, I enjoy it. I really do. Most of what we'll read from, uh, by and large, will be the New Living Translation, because that is the Bible that we're talking about today. 
But for this, for this nugget of you are special, this is what I found. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's from First Peter, and uh, it's the second chapter, verse 9. I am glad that I didn't have to memorize from the Amplified Isn't Version. Isn't that the truth? I, I, I'm glad I can read it and refer to it. I, I do that quite often, especially, guys, let me, those of you that are teachers and that are uh, preachers, the Amplified Bible is a good place to find words mm. that are you need in your outline. I'm an outline preacher. You know, mm-hmm. if I get my outline, it's kind of like having a skeleton, and yeah. then you part start putting the muscles on it. And uh, so I start with an outline, and a lot of times my outline really helps going to an Amplified Bible to find out the different words right. that I can use that kind of match one another. And it that helps me. So I thought I'd throw that in. But that is beautiful. A special people. A special people. That for is awesome. God's own possession. We, when we look back to the, to the garden, and everything goes back to the garden, we know that. But God created us in his own image. So when we think about that, by extension, we know that the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, a triune being all in one and we are also triune beings we have we are made up of the of the uniqueness from god because we were created in his image amen amen you know uh part of the gospel is that we have to admit we're sinners right Mm, right in my experience i think a lot of people they they know they're a sinner and they need god's forgiveness but when it comes to getting my heart around the idea that in the heart of the Lord, I'm special. And, and again, we're not talking about ego or you right. know, narcissism. But here's my thought, fellas. Do we almost sometimes have to give ourselves permission to accept that God really honestly loves us passionately? We, we matter to God. And uh, I, I think that a lot of people do feel guilt, and there's times we should feel under conviction and guilt. But once we've come to Christ, we've trusted the Lord, and we know we're saved and we're walking with the Lord, He loves us immeasurably. We are so special to God. We we need to be able to give ourselves permission to rest in the love, the love, the love of Jesus, don't we? If you do not feel special, do two things, creation and redemption. Think on those two things, creation. He made everything before he made man. We were special. Uh, I, I have a message where I talk about the crown of God's creation, and it is mankind. 
that God made man and put him in the garden. You're special. Uh, God gave him a special task. He was the tender of the garden in those days, the caregiver of the garden, the gardener. He had a special task. He had a special calling, and God made for him a special helpmate. You remember, he he had to go through all the animals, and none of those was compatible. None of those met, so he took from a a rib and made, and the word is fashioned. The Hebrew word has the idea of more of fat. You wonder why women are fashionable. Well, God made them that way. He made them uh, special. And then in redemption, Jesus Christ came so that we could have life. And matter of fact, it said, have it more abundantly. Now, animal life has life, but we have a special life, an abundant life, a relationship. We are special, guys, and we have people out there today I think you're listening, and you don't feel that way. You, you've been rejected. Uh, there's been a divorce, and you're the one that was the hurt one. You, you were left. Uh, you know what it is to have children to walk away. You know what it is to have parents walk away, and you're hurting beyond measure. I want to tell you, today you are special, and God has a special purpose for you in your life. That That's exciting. We're going to talk about purpose later, but that's part of who we are, guys. Right. That's, that's what makes us special is what God has assigned to us. Well, and, and when we look at it in that light, it's it, we have to understand it's not meant for us to brag. That That's not the purpose of it. It's so that we do know that we are genuinely loved. Now, you talked about being an outcast, and there are people in the middle of church who feel like they're outcasts. <clears throat> Don't feel bad because you are not alone. In First Peter, I'm going to go back to the second chapter again because where it talks about that you are a chosen people, just before that, it talks about come to him, the risen Lord, as to a living stone which men rejected and threw away, but which is choice and precious in the sight of God. You believers, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house for a holy and dedicated priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices that are acceptable and pleasing to God through Jesus Christ. You know, we know that man cast Christ aside. We know that the children of that the children of Israel cast Christ aside and said, "This he's." He's not our Messiah, you know, but we know because of not just because of the writings of Paul, we know that he was indeed the Messiah because, again, I think this is one of the benefits we have of seeing the Bible in its completion and being able to look back upon it. Right. Well, you know, um, in Hebrews 11, there's kind of what they call the Faith Hall of Fame and all these great people, and it says that they, having not yet received the promise, but saw these things afar off. I mean, you know, you read throughout the Old Testament and you sort of can connect the dots about what the Messiah is going to be like. And and I think about this. We are so blessed. We have... Look, we know the tomb is empty. Mm-hmm. We know how the story ends. And yet, um, you know, Abraham and Moses and Samson and all the, the heroes of old, they only had a smidgen, a fraction of the revelation that we've got, and yet they were willing to lay down their lives. And we have every reason, we have every incentive 
to be full out for Jesus because we we know he's risen and we know uh, the details of the gospel story that those heroes of old probably would have loved to have known. But I got a comment. You talked about living stones. You know, I, I love music and there's an old gospel song, old, old gospel song. I don't know if you've ever heard it called I'm Working on a Building. And it talks about living for the Lord and sending building materials on a hit. It says, I'm working on a building, a Holy Ghost building for my Lord, for my Lord. We are stones in a building. Now, Jesus is the chief cornerstone. The, the stone the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. But you know what? Um, if we want to, we can become a stone in God's kingdom. Isn't it funny you were talking about, Bert? Uh, not funny, but I think notable how special Adam was. Special creation on a special day of the creation week. All those different things. The Bible uses a lot of words repeatedly. Mountains figure prominently in the Word of God. There's Mount Sinai. There's Mount Calvary. There's the Mount of Olives. Um, Water is used a lot in the Bible, but stones are used a lot in the Bible. Isn't that something? They are. Speaking of that, the outcast, we're coming toward Christmas, and you think about the first people that was told that Jesus was born were the shepherds. Yes. They were outcasts. They were considered they could take care of those sheep, but they dare not come on into town to associate with the, quote, good people. They were looked out as outcasts. Mary was accepted until they found out she was with child, Mm -hmm. and she had to, quote, get out of town and go see Elizabeth because that was something. God specializes in making outcasts feel special. Amen. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Dr. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, I'm Jim Stanley, and we'll be back with more of the 12 indisputable truths as Exploring the Word continues on AFR. During this Christmas season, we hope that you are taking time to focus on the Christ of Christmas. You know, it's, it's that time of the year where we begin to get all busyfied, if you will. I know that's not a word, but, you know, it, it's, it is today. Right. It I, I got you. It's going to be in the next dictionary. Is it? Busy-fied. There you go. Yeah. Busyfied. <laughs> With all the things around us. And um, when, we, when we get into that, we forget about the gift that was given to us. And during the break, our producer, who's producing the shows for this week, uh, Mark O's, shared with us about how special we should be, that we really should. We talked earlier about it going back to Genesis. And he pointed out that in Genesis 1-1, it talked about how special earth was. Because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So Mark pointed out that of the billions of stars that we see, of the billions of galaxies that we see, there's only one Earth. And as far as we know, 
It's the only one that was created unique, uniquely for man to inhabit. And, you know, one of the ways we know that is because we've looked as far, just about as far as we can and talking about taking many years to travel to another place. When you're looking at a, at, at a planet like Mars to see if you can convert it to habitable living space for men, Something's wrong with well, that. Well, you know picture. what they have to do whenever they talk about colonizing <laughs> Mars or one of the or, or putting a, a a living quarters on the moon or something, and they talk about this. They have to say, "Well, we'll build this dome where we can replicate the right. conditions of planet Earth," and and so you know we might go out there and put some pod on a planet. But what's interesting is, and um, I was just in Kingsport, Tennessee, and I met one of the the lead. Uh, chemist for a major world-known corporation that's in Kingsport, Tennessee. This person had become uh, a Christian, um, seriously, one of the top three chemists probably in the United States, and she explained how she had been an atheist for years, and she was studying for a project, the water molecule. Mm. Just This is one out of countless chemicals, and without belaboring the point, the bottom line is the water molecule is constructed in just such a way that it makes life habitable on this planet. And she explained how she came to believe it was such this rare, infinitesimally unlikely thing that water would be like it is, and yet it is. And she said she became convinced that some superintelligent creator must have intentionally wanted life to exist on this planet. And she eventually became a devout, born-again Christian creationist. Uh, here's the point. God loves the human race, and yeah. God loves each one of you. Yeah. Um, we are special to God. Um, Ephesians 2.4, I really love Ephesians 2.4, but God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us. Amen. He loves us with a great love. Not just a little love. A great love. Amazing. Amen. So our being special, uh, let's let's bring it down. I, when you were talking about the earth and when Mark said that earlier, I could not help but thinking about the Creation Museum. Uh, you know, Ken Helm, the ark, but right. the Creation sure. Museum. And they have a planetarium there that you go and you get in a recliner and the ceiling becomes the screen. And it shows you all the galaxies that you were talking about. Right. And it shows you where they are, and it comes in. It's like it's widespread, and it comes in and in and in, and all of a sudden it zeroes in on this little planet, the third one from the sun called Earth. And it is a special place for God's special creation. That's what he has done for us. And so... I can't help, when I saw this, you were special, I, I could not help but think of the people who do not feel special at all. They, Like we said earlier, Jim, they feel like outcast, and they're right there on the pews of the church. They feel like their past is so bad that uh, it can't be redeemed. They think their present is so uh, much in a pit that they can't be brought up. But we are so special that God has provided for us 
a way of escape from our sin, escape from the penalty of our past. That doesn't mean we don't have consequences, but we don't have to suffer eternally for the sins of the past. And that was Jesus Christ, not only in creation, but in redemption, that he would deliver us. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, what happened in the garden? This is pretty neat, too. I I know we're spending a lot of time on that, but uh, it's just so strong. After he made woman from Adam's room, it says he delivered her to him. Mm. I would call that special delivery. And when Jesus Christ came to earth to be born of Mary, it was a special delivery. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was a special delivery. And when Jesus Christ comes to into your life to change your life, it's a special deliverance that you've come from darkness into light. You've come from death into light. You've come to bitterness into uh, into love. Mm-hmm. It it we are special. He did not do that for any other uh, creation. He did it for us. That's and how special we are. You know, we're made in God's image, and we've talked many times on the show about how man, humanity, is is like God in some ways. So let me ask you this. You, you say uh, Eve was delivered to Adam, and that was just such a precious thing. There's birthdays. There's Christmas. Would you rather receive a gift or give a gift? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um me? I like getting stuff, man. Do you really? Uh, yeah. Uh, um, do you like to give stuff? Yeah. Now, I, I, you know, I really don't mind giving. Yeah. It, it's uh, one of those things that I'm not necessarily a joyful giver, <laughs> but uh, I don't mind sharing stuff. Not at all. I, I, th- I think you, you, I've seen you to be a very giving person. I mean, you've done some, just even things like you'll call up sometimes and say, I want you to take Angie uh, you need a vacation, go take Angie for a couple of days and things like that. But my point in this, isn't it a joy to give some special thing? Um, you know, I think back over the years of um, I got uh, some special things for my parents at Christmas and for Angie, of course, and for my sister as well. Uh, and God loves to give. He is the ultimate gift giver. Of course, the greatest gift of all, eternal life through Jesus but isn't it a joy to be able to give things to people? Like if you get your wife something and you've really put thought into it and you know it's going to be special to her. Well, that's how God does for us. And Psalm 16, which I quote a lot, it says, The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Mm-hmm. Literally means the boundary lines. Now, guys, let me set something up here. And forgive me for taking the ball and running with it. But, oh, no, um, it, man, you you go. In writing books, the the editor will really hold your feet to the fire and say, I, I want your, your proposition statement and context. Proposition, what is it you're going to write about? Can't be too broad. It's got to be very specific. You know, 21 toughest questions your kids will ask about God or, you know, 100 Bible questions and answers from exploring the Word. That's your, you got to focus on your topic. And then the editor will say, context, context. Mm. See, here's one of the beautiful things about Christianity. We, and really we alone, we know where we are in the world. See, the the atheists, and I've known many, they, they really don't have a context. You know, why is life like it is? Oh, I don't know. There's no meaning, no purpose. There's nothing. 
And the philosophical word for that hopelessness is called nihilism. I can't make sense of it. And it's no wonder that a lost world very often crawls up in a bottle to become sedated because there's nothing— No purpose. There's no way to make sense of life. In the Christian worldview, guys, sure, there's sin. The world is broken. The world needs something. But Christianity says, look, God loves you, and God has done something to fix the sin problem. And even we personally, God will rescue us from our own bad decisions. God makes—we can make sense of our present. We can be redeemed from our past. We absolutely have hope for the future. And every step of life's journey, there is that intimate friend, our Savior, to be with us, to help us, to guide us. See, in Christianity alone, and this is because we're special to God, but we have context and we can understand life. And out of that are the gifts. We were talking about gifts as you were talking about the gift of life. I mean, life is a gift from God. And uh, he did not have to give it to us. God breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Mm. I mean, what a gift life is. And I know we have people in the Bible that prayed, Oh God, Job did Elijah. I wish I, uh, Elijah. I wish I were dead. I wish I'd have never been born. We get that way in depression if you're not careful. But what you do, you look beyond that and see what God has given you, and it's an opportunity. But we're talking about giving and receiving. Guess what we do, guys? We give out of the gifts that God has given to us. God's given us the ability to to work. God's given us a job. Right. And they say, well, no, it was this company. God is the one that's the ultimate giver. I've told this story on on Exploring the Word before, but there's this little girl, and this is a true story. Uh, Her neighbor started taking her to Sunday school and church because her parents didn't go. And uh, so she was eating it up. And one Sunday she went there, and her Sunday school teacher was teaching them to be thankful, thankful for the food, thankful for their clothes and everything. So she went back home after this, you know, Sunday school class, and uh, her mom had made a great lunch. And so they sat down. They had never asked the blessing before, but that little girl had learned in Sunday school she was to ask the blessing. So she asked her mom and dad if she could ask the blessing, and they said, well, go ahead. And the dad especially was kind of sarcastic, and she bowed her head, and you know how children can do. And she said, Lord, I thank you for the meat that we have. I thank you for the potatoes, for the beans. I thank you for the dessert that we're going to have, and thank you for the tea. And, Lord, we just thank you for everything. And a dad wanting to teach her something, he said, Honey, I, I know you learned that, but let me tell you the truth. I work. I go to work five days a week. I work all the time. Your mom goes to the store, and she buys this stuff. It was your mom that cooked it and prepared it, and it was me that worked so we could have it. It's us that you should be thankful for. And so God— uh, that's what you learn. And so the little girl bowed her head and says, Lord, I thank you for my mom and my dad. Mm. You know, you don't get past the gifts that God right. has given us. And out of those gifts, we give. Absolutely. Folks, this is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley with Bert Harper and Dr. Alex McFarland. 
And we're talking about 12 indisputable truths. And we're, we're looking at these from the, the Hope and Encouragement Bible that our friends at Dayspring and Tyndall House have given us. And we are going to give some of those away. So if you'd like to receive one of those, we're going to give them away randomly. Simply send us an email to word at AFR.net, W-O-R-D at AFR.net. Or you can also send us a message on Facebook. Now, when you do, go ahead and include your full name and mailing address so that we can get these to you. And again, we're going to we're just going to give some of those away randomly. And we're grateful that Tyndall House and Dayspring Publishing have made these available for us. And today we're talking about you are special. Now, when we talked about creation a moment ago, I don't really I don't really know that we we thought about it and we've talked about it some throughout the course of this study because it all goes back to Genesis. However, I am not a scientist. I've never claimed to be a scientist, but I remember several years ago that Louis Giglio did a study on a molecule called laminin. Uh, and I, I hope I pronounced that right. It is. And so in his exploration of the molecule of laminin, he went in and the marker in that laminin was resembling a cross. So even in creation, God was looking to the cross for our salvation. Now, one other thing, if you don't think you're special, and again, this is just from the scientific world, do either of you guys know how many molecules you have in your body? It's billions, if not trillions. I, I don't know. Uh, more than one? More than, <laughs> it is a lot more than one. In fact, there is a mathematical equation to try and help folks determine how many molecules are in their Bible. In their body. I'm not a scientist, and neither am I a mathematician. Because there are symbols and things on here, but I can tell you that it's uh, one of the things that I, I read said something like twenty-five trillion molecules mm. in the human body. That's that's bigger than the uh, uh, what the president, uh, you know, Biden's trying to get money, man. That's that's <laughs> a lot. I'm sorry I, to bring I'm, that in after just, Thanksgiving uh, <laughs> dinner. I've got a, f- a few more molecules that's than right. I, I had the day before. Wow. So let me let me share this scripture with you from Psalm eight, uh, verses four through eight. And again, this is from the New Living Translation. It says, "What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them." Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims the ocean currents. Mm -hmm. What are mere mortals? And I believe King James says, what is is man Man, that you're mindful mindful of him? You know, and so we'll come back and we'll unpack that a little bit more. As Jim, we talk, it sounds like we're special. We uh, are con- special. You have convinced me, brother. Have, okay, <laughs> well, good. Uh, we'll come back and we'll unpack that a little bit more as we're talking about 12 indisputable truths today on Exploring the Word here on American Family Radio. Christmas time's coming, 
Christmas time to come in, Christmas time to come in, and I know I'm going home. Snowflakes. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Today we're continuing our study of 12 indisputable truths. And the truth for today is that you are special. And I'm going to go back, and just before the break, I read this from Psalm, and uh, it's Psalm 8, 4 through 8, and it says, What are mere mortals that you should think about them? Human beings that you should care for them. Yet you made them only a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made, putting all things under their authority, the flocks and the herds, and all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, and everything that swims in the ocean currents. You are special. Now, guys, you know, especially right now when we think about Christmas, uh, we think about how the Word became flesh and dwelt among men, that God entrusted Mary and Joseph to care for his son in infancy, and raise him to be a young man who feared the Lord, who feared God. Now, that's not a small order. What a job. You know, Mary would say the handmaiden of the Lord. You know, <laughs> let it be as you say. Uh, that That's what it is. Okay, man is special. Mankind is special. And then each person of mankind is special. That that zeroes in on us. We're on the special planet. Uh, we have a special calling. Uh, we are special. We, should I say species as mm-hmm. human beings in every way? And so, and then God makes us even more special by saving us and calling us. And when we were talking about this, I could not help but think about uh, what Paul was uh, when he was converted, and he went to Ananias, and God was speaking to Ananias about. Paul, here's what it said. He is a chosen vessel of mine. It Mm -hmm. could be a special. It could be the word special. Right. If it was an amplified, it'd be special, special, chosen, everything. And he is a special vessel uh, because he was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. You're special. You've got a purpose. Uh, God has created you with abilities. A few years ago, our friend J.J. Jasper had his son that was born to him, you know, and uh, found out that he had an extra chromosome, Mm -hmm. which made uh, Down syndrome. And I remember us talking about that, and he was born the same week that my cousin Bobby, who had Down syndrome, had died. And I had uh, spoken at Bobby's uh, memorial service, And I said these words, and I did not know them, and I would later share them with J.J. I said, Bobby was perfect for God's purpose Mm. for his life. Bobby, was my cousin, was able to touch people's lives in a significant way, Down syndrome. When we would have a family reunion, my three sons would always ask, is Bobby going to be there? If they knew Bobby was going to be there, they were so excited because they wanted to be around him. Uh, They wanted to hear him. Uh, They wanted to talk with him because he was special in so many ways. And and I shared that with J.J. And and I just want to tell you, 
God has chosen some people not just to be special, but to be special, special. Right. That they have something that we don't have. Everybody does. And we are a special person. You are a special purpose that God has for you. Don't don't blow it. Mm-hmm. Don't right. don't uh, don't sit around and bemoan what you don't have. See what God has given you. Use it for His glory. You know, um, one of the most famous kind of cartoons, and it's been remade many many times. Beauty and the Beast. Right. Kids love it. My little niece Alexandria loved it. We had the video of it. Interesting. That story has Christian origins, and G.K. Chesterton who. Influenced C.S. Lewis was very enamored with Beauty and the Beast. It was originally written in 1740 by a French lady named Gabrielle Villanova. Um, but the 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 bottom line of Beauty and the Beast, said Chesterton and others, is that a thing must be loved before it is lovable. And God loved us. Uh, God demonstrated his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, what's so amazing is uh, Jesus not only saves our soul, but sanctifies us and makes us beautiful, not in the sense of Hollywood beauty or what the world might call beautiful. But honestly, haven't you met Christians that um, they, they really become beautiful? Yeah, in Jesus, you know what I mean, and um, I, I I feel like we see things right now. This world is like, have you, you ever been to the carnival and they've got that warped mirror and and you look all distorted and it's funny uh, usually. <laughs> um, I I looked, I said, well, I look really weird, and I realized that was just a regular mirror I, I was seeing. <laughs> but um, in heaven, we're going to see things as they really are. Amen. And I think there are a lot of people that have uh, emphasized the standards of this world, and they're going to be in for a surprise at what is truly real, what is truly valuable, and what is truly beautiful. And I want to say, friend, find your identity and your worth and your value and your everything in Jesus. You know, and as you were talking about beauty, and the the fact that God demonstrated his love for us and that while we were yet sinners. Now, ladies, don't get upset with me when I, when I use this as a reference. But God demonstrated his love to us and while we were still sinners, while we were ugly, while we should not, he should not even been able to gaze upon us because of how bad we were. And, you know, I have truly beautiful daughters I've loved them, and I continue to love them. I have truly beautiful daughters, and I've told them that they don't need makeup. Well, you know, ladies want to take and and put on makeup and, and all these different things, and, you know, it takes them an extra hour to get dressed and all of that because they want to demonstrate their love for their husband or for their potential husband so that they are seen at their best. But isn't it good to know that God sees through our makeup, mm-hmm. that God sees us for <laughs> hey, who we are, wow. and that while while we were there, he demonstrated his love, as you said. And in Isaiah 43, 1, it says, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, 
the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Folks, it, it's, it's not the makeup that's going to make us pretty to the powder Lord. and paint makes a woman what she ain't. Oh my, <laughs> you ever heard that? please send those cards and emails to Alex. McFarland. But no. I mean, you look at Hollywood. Um, there, there are these Hollywood actresses that have the Botox and the right lip injections and the, they call it a trout pout, you know, uh, seriously, it's, it's pathetic what they do to themselves and, and, and all I, for striving for beauty. I know. And, uh, Beauty is in holiness, really. Amen. Honestly, it is. When, when we talk about this, guys, we're talking about people who are trying to present themselves in a right. way that's kind of a cover-up. Mm-hmm. You know, even they call it cover girl. Right. It, it is that. But what, what we have, God looks beyond that, you know, Chuck Swindoll would write the book about taking your mask off, yeah. you know? I remember. Yeah, and uh, unmasking us. God unmasked us, and that's when we know we're special. When he unmasked us and see— And he what, still loves us. And he, he sees what's inside and right. outside, and he still loves us. Alex, you're exactly right. That's—we are special people, too. A special God, the only God. All the others are idols. That's the reason God, Jehovah, Elohim is capital G, you know, Mm -hmm. and other gods. You shall have no other gods before me. And and so here God has chosen special people. Now, I've got to do this, and I know this is running in. This is kind of looking ahead and foreshadowing what we're going to cover next. But he has special people to right. do his special work, and that special work is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the whole idea because God is not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Every single person in this plan- on this planet Earth that we're talking about being special, every one of them is special. Mm-hmm. Those that are born uh, in difficult situations, those that are born in the highest levels of society, every one of us were special in the sight of God. Amen. You know, it, it, it is one of those things that we have to know who we are in Christ. Uh, and, and until we know that, until we grow in that understanding of that, it, we're we're going to continue to struggle, and we are struggling with things that God never intended for us to because of the fact that we are special. He made us for who we are. He knows us for who we are, and he loved us in spite of ourselves and sent his son that we might have the hope of life everlasting through, you know, through him. And so when you think about these things, then it it really is one of those things that until we're real willing to accept what God has done for us and what God has for us, then we are going to continue to flounder in his word. Uh, in John seventeen fourteen through 18, it says, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. We are going to be hated for the namesake of Christ. And that in and of itself, makes us unique and special. Um, Several years ago, we got a poster from a record label that we work with, 
and it says um, you are you are known by who you know or who you're associated with. Well, the same is true for us. And you want to talk about scraping off all the makeup? You want to talk about scraping everything back? You're not only known by who loves you, but also by who hates you sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so here in John, it tells us, I have given them your word, them being us, you know, the disciples, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. Mm -hmm. What makes us special? The truth of the Lord Jesus Christ that's found in us. Amen. You know, when I was hearing this, I I turn it to you real quick. We're special sinners that God wants to make special saints. Mm. Even if you're lost today and you do not know Christ as Savior, you're special. You're special enough that God is is letting you hear this possibility of you becoming a follower of Christ. You're that special that God would do that, that he would come into your life and save you and make you right with the Lord. That's you're special in creation so that you can become even more special in redemption. Amen. Do you follow that path, Alex? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You matter to God. Uh, we, We would love to put on a billboard on every street, God loves you. But please believe you matter to God. A very interesting verse. I heard John MacArthur teach on this probably 25 years ago, but in Revelation 2.17, it's talking about in heaven. And it says that every one of the believers was given a white stone with a new name written on it Amen. that nobody knew but God and the recipient. And, and we've talked about this. Like, you know, for, for our spouses, we have a pet name, you know, uh, Honey and... And pumpkin and, uh, you know, baby doll. And nobody can call Angie that but me, right? And I better um, not, right? <laughs> and sometimes she has a pet name for me that we're not going to repeat on the radio. Really? All right. <laughs> but, but here's the thing. God has a special term of endearment for you. Now, people have asked, uh, and I, I remember this. I'd love to go look it up again. But John MacArthur was teaching on this. What does this mean? Is white stone? What in the world is that? Well, there's several theories. The word is um, tesserae, and it's uh, or tessera, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. But uh, in ancient Rome, some of the elites would have this kind of like special rock with some carvings on it that was like a very valuable thing that would get you into, uh, you know, the games at the Colosseum or. Uh, certain meetings, and unless you had this very valuable carving, you couldn't get into the elite places. But the other thing people said was in a Roman court of law, um, they would vote on the accused by casting a black stone or a white mm-hmm. stone, and a white stone meant acquittal. That's right. But at any rate, when Revelation 2.17 says there's a, a white stone with a special name known only to God, look, 40 billion humans that have ever lived, 40, 50 billion, maybe more, 7 to 8 billion are alive right now 
for everyone that turns to Jesus. He says, I especially made you. You know, God willed that you are alive. I've given you redemption. I've got a plan. I've even got a special little nickname. And nobody but you and I will know it because he loves you and he knows you. First Peter 2, 9. You started out with it, Jim. We are a special people. Yes, you are a special person. Amen. Folks, thanks for listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Jim Stanley along with Alex McFarland and Bert Harper. We appreciate you joining us. And join us again tomorrow as we'll continue to talk about the 12 indisputable truths. Tell someone about AFR. Tell them about Exploring the Word. But tell everyone about Jesus.